Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to another edition of the Vitology Podcast brought to you by Emmanuel Faith <laughs> and brought to yeah. you by, by myself. I'm Josh. This is Ryan. And uh, we are here uh, live on, on Facebook, on YouTube, and recorded in, as a podcast stream. So however you are uh, enjoying this, we want to say welcome. Thank you for uh, making an effort to take a listen here. We, we've got some great stuff to talk about today. And so we want to say thanks for, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about our conversation for tonight that we're going to have Josh. And, you know, I think some of our uh, regular listeners, watchers might be at our uh, prayer gathering that's happening there on campus. So um, I've got I've got one more day of quarantine before I'm going back, so I couldn't be there, but I'm excited to be with you here, Josh. I know, I know. In fact, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I have like a window right here, and maybe I'll open it up and we can listen to there we <laughs> go. a few minutes of, uh, of what's going on there. But um, hello, Connie. I can't wait to, to actually meet Connie. Um, and so Connie Rich is just saying hello there. And, uh, Hi, Connie. One day, one day we'll get to meet. But uh, yes, um, if you're like we're just we're actually just uh, um, saying hi to people who are commenting online. So if you are on Facebook or on YouTube, you can just make a comment. Um, we can see that, interact with it. We'd love to to answer questions, uh, anything that you would like to talk about. Okay, if we can't get to it this week, we'll get to it next week or beyond. Right? We we just we love the idea that this is a place where we can kind of process. Um, think through these big ideas. Um, often we talk about the sermon, um, you know, often the week, the sermon that was the Sunday before. Um, this week we're going to do a little different and talk about next week's sermon, a little topic that is going to, to get us ready for next week. Right, Ryan? Oh, I think I've lost Ryan. Ryan is, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Let's add him too. Look at, we can add Ryan. And then there's frozen. Oh, on the guys, I have so, been. Do you see have, internet issues? I've been well, having you know, internet issues today. Internet issues. That is funny. Should we leave Frozen Ryan? Oh, no, you just took oh, Frozen Ryan. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Let's hope that that doesn't happen two more times during our conversation. No, that, that's the first time. By the way, that's that's pretty um, that's pretty amazing that we've done this so many times and that hasn't happened before. That's the first time. Yeah, that's um, the first time. Now we we sat in a few meetings together today, Ryan, and your computer or internet or something. I don't is, know what the deal is, man. So, oh well. Oh well. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep yes, going. Yes, we but, are. We are. Uh, you probably got frozen right in the middle. I was saying that this week we're gonna do things a little bit differently, and we're going to to take a look at a topic that's going to help lead us into next week's sermon, which is the start of a, our our brand new sermon series. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Next Back. week, we are starting a series that we're calling The Way. Oh. Flip it up. There you go. <laughs> there and we go. Uh, we're talking about what it means to be a disciple. Yeah. And so over the next, can I share just a few quick tidbits? Come on. With yes. You? Okay. So um, the moniker Christian is used three times in scripture to describe okay. followers of Jesus in all okay. the whole Bible. Three times. Three times. The word disciple is used 269 times. And um, one of those is more than the other, Ryan. One of, one of those is not like the other. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And so as I started sort of studying this and trying to wrestle with the implications of that and figuring out where, where we, I don't want to say necessarily went wrong, but where this message got shifted from what it originally was, um, uh, I think that there's some beautiful things that Jesus wants to redeem in our hearts and lives and in our community uh, as we dive into this subject of discipleship and what it means to be a disciple. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and you bring that up because, um, you know, those terms are somewhat synonymous in the Bible, right? So, so yes, are. that we are called Christians. Now, I believe that term was kind of a term of derision, right? Or uh, almost a put down to the Christ followers, right? Yeah, you, yeah. It was, oh, you Christians, right? It was like, yeah. a, it, it was a derogatory term originally, you little Christs. Yeah. 
little messiah yeah. followers like oh you know yeah. you're your messiah <laughs> yeah. yeah and you're and, de- you're dead messiah right like you're you're crucified messiah yes. like how how could you believe something so ridiculous yeah totally and so so christian um and disciple but then there's another term that is is used a few times which yeah the way the title yeah. of the of the series, right? A number of times throughout the book of Acts, yeah. the disciples are referred to as the way. Um, and so I think that there's some pretty substantial implications for that, that mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't the knowledge, they weren't the theology, they weren't the convictions, although all of those things were true, they were part of their lives. They, they were known as people of the way. They lived in a certain way in light of what Jesus had said. Yeah. And um, so we're going to explore the different dynamics of what it means to be people of the way. Yeah. And so this is going to be a this is going to be a pretty foundational series, right? I mean, this is going to be important for the, the history of the church, for the, the future of the church, really, even um, of where we're going here, right? Yeah, th- this is intended to be, yeah, sort of groundwork, foundational as far as who who we are as a community of faith. And really, this series will be, um, I-, I think, intricate, substantial, significant for our vision and where we go moving forward. Okay, good. So no pressure, by the way. No pressure. Don't <laughs> screw. Th- don't screw this don't, one up. Don't screw this one up. I love the embracing the adventure of becoming a disciple is the the tagline and and uh what a beautiful adventure to be a part of yeah it's i I can't wait i can't wait for the series and just the whole topic is one that i am so passionate about and for me this really has been a journey uh i would say over the last maybe 10 years of my life so the first half of my life as a follower of jesus Mm-hmm. I didn't think much about discipleship. Um, I, I sort of put discipleship in the category of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. discipleship is studying the Bible. Discipleship is memorizing scripture. Discipleship is 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 what we know in, in our head. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still the way that a lot of Jesus followers think about it. But I, I, I think discipleship is, is a whole life endeavor, right? It's, yeah. Discipleship is about what we do with our bodies, our money. It's what we do with our anger and our bitterness. Discipleship is about how we treat the people around us. Discipleship is about the way that we view our enemies. I mean, all of Mm. those are parts and um, pieces of what it means to be a disciple. Yeah. For me, when I started to recognize that there was this just beautiful invitation that was in front of me, a challenge that was in front of me and uh, that was really exciting. It Mm. started to give more flesh and blood to this life of being a Jesus follower. Yeah, I, I think I mean, that's so good because so many times we, whenever we kind of put things in a box and say, this is what discipleship is, it's typically, um, it, it's typically um, that part of it. So so those things like, you know, memorizing scripture is a great way to, to grow, um, reading the Bible, studying those kind of things, but it's usually so much more. Yeah, so much more, and that's where the adventure comes in. That it is, there's so much more to this. Yeah, it is it is to kind of bring back the you know the title of this of our podcast is is vitology. It is a living a life the way God intended it to be lived. Right. Yes, this is what it was all about. Yeah, no doubt. And I think so. um, One of my functional definitions of discipleship, and I I have a number of them that I sort of try on. And but Mm -hmm. one of them that sort of stuck, at least in my heart, is discipleship is alignment with reality. Yeah. And um, this was reinforced for me recently. I was reading um, a book, E. Stanley Jones, The Unshakable Kingdom, The Unchanging Man and The Unchanging Person. And um, he, he says, that what Jesus means when he says to his followers, the kingdom of God is within you Hmm. doesn't mean it's something that's sort of outside of you that eventually finds its way in you. What he Hmm. says is what Jesus is, is pointing at is that the king you're actually wired for the kingdom that when you go against the grain of the kingdom uh, you know it because it's a less abundant, less full life. And so to live in sin is to be less human 
than to live in the way of the kingdom. Oh. And so he's saying that's what it means that it's wired in you. Like it's the law of nature. It's like gravity yeah. uh, because this is what we were made for as image bearers and people designed to carry the likeness of God. The kingdom is wow. within us. Wow. So the more, the more we live um, in a, abandoning sin, uh, uh, you know, living a, apart from those those sinful desires that we have, the more human we become. Yes. The, the more full of life we become. Yeah, oh, I love that. So and that, I, so yeah, I forget who it was. Somebody said recently, or, or I read it recently. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Oh yeah. If you totally. want to know what human beings are designed to totally. be like, look at Jesus. Jesus. Oh yes. That's good, isn't it? I mean, I think that is really a, good. A great picture of what it means to for Jesus, the Son of God, to be incarnate. He is the picture yeah. of divinity and humanity in one. Yeah. Oh, that's so, and that's so true. That's exactly the Bible says that you know almost yeah. exactly that it's, yeah. it, it's that Jesus is the new Adam, right? If Adam is the the example of life, the the, the typical man, right, in a sense, that Jesus is the new version. It's right, a, you know, Adam 2.0, right? This is the this is the real thing, the way it's supposed to be lived. And I also think this is the cool part is it's an image of what what our life will be like one yes. day, right? Yeah. That, that, that there's a future for us that is that is even that is even more human. Actually, to be fully human um, is actually to be more like Jesus, right? Oh, that is really cool. So we often, not we, but like people often say, well, to sin is human, right? And it's like, Uh, well, that's just what we do as human beings. Uh, Actually, sin is inhumane. It's it's dehumanizing us. And so when we talk about Jesus being the most human, it's because he wasn't um, inhibited by the shackles of sin. He was living the exact life that he was designed and wired to live. He was in perfect alignment with reality. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've also often heard as, as you talk about the, the deity and, and, and humanity of Christ come together, often um, a kind of simple understanding of that would be to say like, you know, something like he's, you know, half man, half God, right? right. Which is definitely not the way that anyone has ever described it. Um, that's not biblically accurate. In fact, um, Jesus is fully God and fully human that in some right. senses he's more human than even we are. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that idea. Yes. Oh, that's huge. I really, really like that. And, uh, and I, I really like that, that, that is, that is how we live. That's how we pursue life. Right. You know, the, the verse that we talk about often on here is the, the one that tells us who it is that, that steals and kills and destroys life. Right. It's just that it, the enemy Right is has come the thief has come to, to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, to give you life and to give his abundant life. He gives to us. That's a beautiful, beautiful concept. So good. So I good. And and oh man, so much about this. That definition of, of discipleship is in in line and say it again. In, um, yeah, alignment with reality. And I'm just getting that from John yeah. chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, that where Jesus says, if you really are my disciples, then my word will abide in you. You'll obey my teachings. You will know the truth. Mm-hmm. You'll know reality. And the truth will set you free. Set so free. as you live in alignment with reality, you get you experience the freedom of being fully human. Yep, yep. And Jesus says, John 14, 6, right, that, that uh, I am the way. I am the truth, truth. right? And so and, this, is, this is great. You know, there's a there's a, a theory about truth, right, called the correspondence view of truth, meaning mm-hmm. that, that, that truth is what corresponds to reality. reality. In fact, so then, then discipleship in that view is actually living what corresponds to truth. Truth. And yes, especially when you see Jesus as the truth. Yes, uh, that's a beautiful way to look at it. I love it. Dallas Willard used to say that um, tr- truth is what you fi- run into when you find out you're wrong. Yes, I love that. Truth. Yeah. Is- <laughs> Think about that one. <laughs> it's what you run into 
when you find out you're wrong. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, that's um, great. I, this, you know, it reminds me of a of a, uh, a professor of mine um, who he would say this about the cross. It, it was so real that if you if you if you rubbed your finger on it, you'd get a splinter. Like I just uh, love that. that. This is this this idea of how um, reality strikes us when we run into it, right? Yes, when we when we feel it, when we embrace it, when we understand it. Uh, and that's a that's a great thing. I, I mean, I, I'm excited about how we're going to uh, how we're going to be diving into this and experiencing some of this and learning, learning how to um, not just think about it, but how mm-hmm. to, to live in that adventure of a disciple. Yeah, that, that's that's the whole goal. Absolutely. I love that. I love yeah, that. So, you know, this uh, this leads us right into into kind of where we're going. This is all um, so far. This is all just preamble. Um, to what we're talking about today, because uh, there's a there's a you know slightly large topic that we want to address today. Yeah, right? there is. This is one that let me just say we are not going to um, fully discuss it all today in this podcast. All right, um, right. unless you want to stick up with us for another ten hours or so, and even then we'll just barely scratch the surface. Right. Yeah, I mean, volumes have been written about this, Josh. Debates have been waged and formed and blood has been shed. And um, we're not going to do any of that tonight. So thank you. Um, thank you. for we, not don't, we, uh, we, aren't, we aren't making any claims that we're going to have the definitive last word on this. But uh, let, let's tell people what we're going to talk about. Okay. Okay. So um, here's the big question. Um, it's, a, it's a simple question. Um, and uh, and this is the one I want you to think about. And if you have questions, um, please uh, put them in the comments. Um, we'd love we'd love to know. The question is just, uh, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Um, now we want to get at this in a, in a few different ways, um, but we want to ask the question: What is the gospel? So, um, Ryan, how how do we want to start this? How how do you want to even start an answer? To that question, um, maybe maybe we should just talk about that word and how it's used yeah. these days. Because I think there's a lot of ways that we can, you know, that people use that word gospel these days. There are, yeah. Right. I think the most common way that we hear people talk about the gospel is sharing the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to go share the gospel with somebody, and by that, people usually mean I'm going to talk to somebody about Jesus in hopes that they will make a decision to place their faith in Christ and become uh, and get saved. I I think probably would be the common vernacular that a lot of people uh, would use. When we talk about the gospel, we're talking about a message of salvation that people need to receive and respond to in order to be saved. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and you know, I hear people say that, uh, you know, a, a message, maybe a sermon is a gospel sermon when a, a very specific call to action is made in that in that sermon. Right. Um, Correct. That, that's that's one way that people use it now. Um, that, that word gospel is used about some other things, even some of the things that can, you know, this is a little confusing in our Bible. Um, there's these four books that are called Gospels, right? All right. And and that's actually, I mean, it's actually being used. Um, it's definitely being used different than that definition that you just explained, the way that it's commonly exactly. referred to. Um, it actually, I think, is a little bit closer to the, the way yeah. that it was used I, in the Bible. I would argue that you're totally right on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, um, I hear things like gospel music. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's That's different. <laughs> That is uh, a little bit. Um, it's awesome. Um, I I love it. Uh, gospel gospel centered. So that was yeah, a huge yeah. theme. I don't know, maybe ten years ago. Is that right, Josh? Exactly. Tim Keller. Tim Keller really. I, I think I could be wrong on this. Coined that phrase: gospel centered preaching, gospel centered uh, church ministry, gospel centered. Yeah. You fill in the blank and. Um, I, I think because I was I was so into that uh, for a long time. I'm still very into the gospel, just to be clear. Um, <laughs> good, good, but that good. whole gospel centered idea was, um, you know, everything comes back to grace. Everything comes back to God's activity, God's action towards us in Christ. And the whatever the question is, the answer is the gospel. Yeah. And um, 
And in, in many ways, the gospel and that wasn't, wasn't a tract that you would hand somebody and it wasn't necessarily a message of how to get saved. It was like an adjective that was describing the ethos of the way that you were doing whatever that thing was that was yeah. permeated by grace, I, I think mm-hmm. would be the best way to try to capture that movement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and, um, a, a great, great movement, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Tim Keller, I think is, I mean, he's phenomenal. They're like yes. second to none. He's brilliant. Yes. And I, I often heard this phrase, um, the word gospel centric. Okay. And which is a great thing that the gospel um, ought to be at the center of, of everything we do. And, and I say, yes, amen. Like that is, that's it. But it still begs the question, we can use that word, what is it? Yeah, and I think, so if maybe we we go and ask, all right, so that's what it means today. Mm-hmm. What did it mean in the first century? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that'll start to put some flesh on the on the bones of what it, what it actually meant when the writers of the New Testament talked about it and, yeah. and when, when Jesus talked about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, to just refresh, because I think this is key, that today, often the gospel is a a very specific um, invitation for somebody to... uh, to, to begin often, you know, it's talked about as a, a relationship with Jesus. Okay. Um, great thing. Great thing. It's a, uh, um, uh, even, even a, a gospel call ends with some sort of, um, prayer, you yep. know, response, um, call response. for response. You know, I've, I've often, you may have heard of the sinner's prayer or something like that. In fact, you may have prayed that I've prayed that hundreds of times, yeah. um, my life, especially between the ages of 11 and 16, hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, I was the kid that always raised his hand um, yes. for every preacher that asked people to pray that prayer. Right. Yeah. I made preachers we happy. love you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, that is one that that uh, we've prayed, but but that has been called an explanation of the gospel. There's there's uh, you know there, the four spiritual laws uh, yeah. is a succinct way to explain um, a Wrong. version. Of, of this now that that some people would call that the gospel right um yeah. there's a number of those things but let's go back i think you're exactly right to go back and look at what it meant in those days and in scripture yeah uh, well the the gospel or you might see it as good news at times yeah is simply a, a translation of the greek word euangelion yep and um it did literally mean good news but the way that it was used typically was um, uh, there, there's a text in Romans that is a reference to Isaiah that gives a good picture of, of what it, the way it was used that um, blessed are the feet of those who bring good news, who bring yeah. gospel. And the euangelion was the good news that if your country was away at war and you would have no way, no Twitter, no, you couldn't go on Fox News, you couldn't go on CNN and figure out who's winning this war. What they would do is they would send a runner back, yeah. they would come and they would run into the town and they would make an announcement. We've yeah. won or we've lost, right? That the announcement we've won was euangelion. It, yeah. it was it was gospel. It was good news. Huh. And that, that was the way that word started to be used. Um, my, my understanding, Josh, and you can jump in on this too, is that kings and leaders started to utilize that in sort of a, a propaganda type of a way to yes. euangelizo, to preach good news, to talk yes. about their rule and their reign and to pump themselves up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that was a common word in Jesus's day. Jesus it definitely was. Witnessed. Yeah. It definitely was, and and before, in fact, um, even in when uh, in the the Greek translation of the Old Testament, okay, which is called the Septuagint, right? Um, when um, there's a, a, you may be familiar with the story. It happens in in Second Samuel four verse ten, when uh, uh, Saul Saul has been killed in battle, right? And and a messenger comes, thinking that he's sharing good news to David. And he comes, and and the translation says that that he thought he was bringing good news, euangelion, 
um, to David. And so what happens is um, David says, I, I seized him and I and killed him. <laughs> he was so he was mad because it was not good news to David um, to, to, to know that God's I mean, he still saw Saul's God's anointed. And so it wasn't good news that he was died, that he died. So here. A, a, a messenger and talk about your all-time greatest mistakes, right? Like, <laughs> kind of know your king a little bit better than that, man. Like, he yeah. was loyal to Saul up until the end. <laughs> to yes. Send somebody else to tell him. Yes, yes, but no, you're exactly right. That that phrase, good news, was specifically tied to, and there in scripture. Um, in that translation of scripture, even tied to a, a messenger, and I believe that's even an angelos, like a, an angel is the same word as messenger, um, and an angelos bringing good, um, angel, right? A, a good yeah, news, yeah, yeah. Um, a good message, a good message, right? Good tidings, yeah, yeah. It, it but it, it did have that meaning, and there's a number of instances of that in in uh, um, that one in scripture, but then there's also a number of other ones. Um, that people had. In fact, um, one of my favorites, and I, this one is is amazing. It was called the the, the prior praying um, inscription. I think praying may be the right word, um, but um, it, it's a it's a bit of a, of a long quote. It uh, it's you know someone's writing saying um, you know sending the this of <laughs> it seems good to to the Greeks of Asia in the opinion of the high priest. Okay, it's it's. It's religious language mixed with mixed with political language. Okay, Apollonius. Okay, of these places, um, he's been ordered these things. He says, and it's this good and perfect um, tidings. In other words, to um, giving us Augustus, talking about okay, Augustus the emperor, the same guy that is in Luke chapter two, right? Augustus the emperor um, at the time that Jesus was born. Um, um, and it's saying, so this goddess uh, filled with virtue that Augustus is, um, that he might benefit humankind, sending him as a savior. It mm -hmm. actually uses the same Greek word for savior that is used about Jesus. That's Saint fascinating. Augustus was the savior, both for us and our descendants, is calling this, that, that somehow Augustus was this universal savior, that he might end war and arrange all things. And since he... And now calling him Caesar um, by his appearance, um, going on to say surpassing all previous benefactors. He's super, super good. So he's this savior who's really good and not even leaving any, to posterity any hope of surpassing what he has done. In other words, he's done the greatest of all things since his since the birthday of the God. So here we have Augustus being called the, the savior, being called the birthday of a God. So he's a God now. Mm -hmm. And then it says that Augustus was the beginning of the good news, the good tidings, the euangelion. So it's combining all of these words that, that, that now I mean, we use all of those phrases about all Jesus, right? And, and yet this, this happened um, the ninth, this year nine BC. Okay. Year nine, so this is um, definitely before Jesus. Yeah, okay? we didn't yeah. start talking about Jesus like that, and at least till year thirty, right? Um, eighty. So here we go. This is powerful stuff. Yeah, there's definitely, and I love this about the gospels about understanding the first century culture. Yeah. That the gospels are playing off of what's going on in the culture of their day. Right. And Jesus is taking a lot of these common words. Disciple is one of them. Right. Like we, we often think of, well, Jesus is the only one who had disciples. No, no, every rabbi had disciples and especially the ones that were sort of master rabbis that they would have Talmudine that were following after them and trying to live in their way. And so that's another example of a word that wasn't that we, we attribute uniquely to Jesus, but it was yeah. widely utilized in first century Middle East, for sure. So I think one of the interesting things about that quote, Josh, is that it takes, it took the religious and mm -hmm. it took the political and it brought them together. And um, in a way that Jesus did also, 
right? Hmm. That, the, the gospel okay. is is nuanced. It's multifaceted. It's not just a religious claim. It's not just a political claim. It's not just an individual claim or invitation. It's 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 corporate. It's individual. It's social. It's political. It's religious. It's it's all encompassing. It's a life altering claim. Yes. Oh, I so agree. But that right there, that's a that's a strong statement because it's one thing to to take a you know see these this pagan king using religious languages. We're kind of familiar with that a pagan king, which is clearly political in a sense, right? Clearly, um, for using uh, that theological language, religious language for his purposes. But what you're saying is that here, Jesus, the actual Son of God is not making not just making a religious claim about a kingdom but this is political yeah i mean um well i, I guess all, all i would say is that's the way that the fir- first followers of the way understood what he was saying and mm-hmm. i'll point you to acts chapter 17 verse verses 6 and 7 as I, I would argue one of the greatest examples of this it says this that when they could not find them, they dragged Jason. So they're looking for uh, followers of Jesus. They dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city officials shouting, these men have turned the world upside down and have come here also. And Jason has received them. They're acting against the decrees of Caesar saying there is another king. So, I mean, the early followers of Jesus were a part of the Roman Empire, but they were going, Caesar doesn't get our allegiance. Uh, we're not going to bow the knee to Caesar. We're not going to be part of the imperial cult. We'll be good citizens, but we won't be good worshipers of Caesar. We're out on that. Yeah. And they were also saying our allegiance is to Jesus. And I would argue that that statement is akin to saying our faith is in Jesus. Huh, there you go. Okay. So that was bad. That was Acts 17, right? Acts 17, six and seven. Six yeah. and seven. Okay. So that uh that that is a, a powerful statement. In fact, um I, I might even say that uh those were the kind of things, those were the kind of statements that if people heard that, that's the kind of thing that that attracted them to Jesus. Yes. That, that, that here see you know, Jesus said some uh, amazingly wise things, but he also said some politically motive, political things that that would have aroused in people uh, some. I mean, something that we don't really understand. Um, yeah, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus didn't get killed because he was teaching morality, <laughs> right? He he yeah. got killed because he was launching a revolution, and. Huh. All the political powers of the day understood it, um, especially the religious ones, by the way. And that's why he got killed. He got killed because of his proclamation of the gospel. Because his proclamation of the gospel, okay? Which now going back, now we see that that what was being proclaimed as the the euangelion um, seemed uh, most of the uses that we have of it are in this political um this political kind of terminology where they're they're talking about a new king and so so what would happen is right this uh you know a, a battle would be fought um one there'd be there'd be a, a warring faction right this happened i think um in in the times right when augustus took over there was this battle between um augustus and well augustus name at the time was octavian and uh you're on your own here (laughs) come on on, it's gonna come to me um there was there was two of them fighting and and octavian was his name before he took on the name augustus um and and if you were in rome you kind of you kind of were stuck in the middle you you know there were different people taking different sides you know i'm on octavian's side and i'm on the other guy which is gonna come to me someone's gonna google it and tell me but um they were fighting all over the known world and so as I hear the story goes that, that they were fighting and uh, and they were fighting all the way in, in like Egypt, 
where the battle was finally won, where Octavian won, and he took on the name Augustus. And you couldn't just like tweet out, <laughs> um, I won, <laughs> I'm the king, right? right? You couldn't do that. You had to send a messenger and those messengers would go and say uh, the good news. Now, here's the interesting thing. It, I hear that it would have taken Augustus um, maybe even a couple of years to get back to Rome. Okay. Yeah. Because he would take his army and go and like settle things in all the known areas, like all the, the regions, and then get back to Rome. So you actually had time that you were waiting for the king to come. Hmm. So the message was, uh, it was news that there's a, a new king, um, but it was also compelling because you had to make a choice there, right? You had to decide whether or not you were going to side with that new king or not. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you chose the wrong side, you were probably, it wasn't going to go well with you, right? Right. And so, Josh, I would say that this is that this is the connection to that idea of the gospel that we talked about originally, where there there is a decision, there is a call to allegiance whenever good news is proclaimed. It's the question is, are are we going to give our allegiance to this king who is claiming to have rulership? Yes. Yes. And, and victory and victory, right? Now, all of that is embedded in that word, euangelion. Hmm. And so the gospel becomes a call, um, not, not just, uh, there's a, a part of it of you know having a personal relationship with Jesus but it, it's it's bigger than that deeper than that to to declare your allegiance to Jesus as lord as god as as king i love that phrase yeah as king, as king. yes and it does seem that Jesus is declared king uh, oh well he certainly declared the kingdom yes and, and- there, he didn't have another king in mind. Uh, no, I, I no. That. yeah, no, and and in fact, I, ironically, <laughs> um, ironically, that there was a plaque placed on the cross, right? right? Uh, which was which was supposed to be once again it was supposed to be a uh, humiliation, mockery. Yeah, it was mocking Jesus, and it said, "The King, king of, the Jews. of the Jews." Yes. And yep. here, that was prophetic, right? Absolutely. This is where he was declared king. Right. Right. Whoa, man. Good stuff. Um, so, Josh, that. let's dive into some of the biblical texts. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's, I, I was just sharing an interesting anecdotal side note. I uh, was just doing a little bit of research today when we decided, uh, let's hey, let's talk about the gospel. Yeah. So, yep. Um, I Googled, you know, Bible verses about the gospel. Okay. And um, I found uh, an article on a really popular website. All of you would know it. Um, and it was something like, you know, comforting verses about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And 10 of them. And I read through every single one of them. And I want you to guess of the 10, how many of those verses actually had the word euangelion in it? Oh, wow. Um, well, the way you're setting that up makes me think that it's not many. Zero. zero. Literally I, zero. Really? Yes. And, and so I, I just share that to anecdotally huh. make the point that we've made the gospel about a lot of things that the Bible doesn't make it about. And, um, and so I, I think this is a, a really, really good conversation to have to say, and, and not to say that those other verses aren't true. And not to say that they're not even, that they couldn't be a part of the gospel, but all that to say, only to say, they're not claiming to be the gospel. There are verses that do claim to tell us what the gospel is. It's just not those 10. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say, I mean, the great verses, right? We we love. (laughs) They're They're just (laughs) not claiming to be the gospel, but you're claiming that they are weird, right? So um, let's, let me give you the yeah. very first, um, yeah. instance where the gospel is mentioned in the book of, uh, in the book of Matthew. Okay. Cause okay. I, I think, and it's very, actually let's go to Mark. Let's go to Mark, Mark first. 
Uh, Mark chapter one, verse 15. Most people think that Mark was the very first gospel written. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is where we have the first mention in the gospel of Mark of uh, Euangelion, starting in verse 14. It says, now after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. So this is the good news of theos, the good news of God. What is this euangelion? Okay. Saying, so this is what he said. This is his proclamation of the gospel of God. The time is fulfilled. So all that you've been waiting for has come to a culmination and the kingdom of God is at hand. Hmm. Repent and believe in, in case you missed it, repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel. According to Jesus, now, now I, I want to be clear for our listeners that I, I would say that what Jesus is doing is giving us a very broad picture of what the gospel is. This is the big umbrella. So there's going to be verses that you go, well, what do you do with this verse? And what do you do with that verse? And will sure. change from what Jesus taught to what Paul taught. No, we'll talk about that in a few moments. But he's giving a big cause picture of what's going on in the announcement of euangelion what is it the kingdom of god is at hand mm-hmm. that is according to jesus that is good news yeah. euangelion and you can repent you can turn you can change your mind and believe faith in trust in this announcement of the cosmic victory of and rulership of god Okay. So according to Jesus, that that is the gospel. Big that picture. Is, big picture. That that the gospel. So you know, we were just saying that it has this it has this political um, king language in it, and then he uses another word that also um, is very much uh, about that. This kingdom word, which that that sounds like a whole other podcast, by the way. Um, well, yeah, to, we'll tackle that next yeah, week. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so that that's a that's a bit of a teaser there um, to get to what that is. But he's saying he's proclaiming the gospel, and by the way, believe what I'm proclaiming. Correct. Calling right? calling for a response, and yeah. in some ways, it's that same picture of of a city that has the runner that's coming in to say that's saying, "Hey, there's been a victory. Which side are you on?" Yeah. Are, are you with Octavius or are you with Antony? Antony. It's Antony. And Cleopatra actually was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. 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 Like, who are you with? You decide which side you're on. And Jesus is claiming, like, I- I'm the cosmic victor and I want you to change your mind and yeah. to live in alignment with my victory. Uh, and we'll see more of the way that that plays out as we continue to discuss here. Okay. Okay. So, but. So- Mark, probably the, the first time written down of Jesus' words, at least. Yeah, let, but let, just, let me just show you how consistent Jesus was in this. Um, in uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, he, Jesus, in his very first sermon, sermonette, homily, said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay? Now, Later on in verse 23, the story just continues and it says this, and he went throughout all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel. It, doesn't, it doesn't stop there. He actually right. explains wh- the way that this proclamation plays out and healing every disease and affliction among the people. So right. there's this proclamation of the kingdom and then there's a demonstration of the kingdom. Healing, healing of, of bodies, because bodies matter to God, matter matters to God, and afflictions, diseases and affliction among the people. This is part of the gospel proclamation. Wow. Wow. So this this new kingdom is what he's doing is showing that there's there's more to this. And I love that it even ties back to that idea of what a, a real human is, that even even that Jesus has the ability to to infuse life, yes. right? To bring back life to people, to to heal, right? To make whole again is what he's doing. Well, there. and he's, he's his kingdom is a kingdom of light, 
and a kingdom of wholeness and a kingdom of goodness. And it's driving out the kingdom of darkness. And it's exhibited in the gospels through the healing of diseases, through the casting out of demons, through the restoration of the broken. In all of these different ways, the kingdom of darkness is being driven back so that the kingdom of light can inhabit the space of earth once again. That's the gospel. That's happening. And Jesus, I I think maybe better said, the the gospel is the announcement that you can be a part of that kingdom. Got it. Got it. Okay. So it's the announcement that God is at work in yeah. a new way, right? That, that, uh, that there's something, he, I mean, it, it's at hand. He's saying it, it's, it's near in some translation. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's that God is doing something here and there's a new way, a new, a new King to follow. Right. right? Yes. And when we do, we start, we start living, uh, in that new wholeness. And that light, I love that. I love that. So, so this is Jesus's, uh, the Jesus proclamation. And, and you're right. This is throughout, throughout the the gospels. Um, this is the way Jesus talks about. Uh, he talks about the kingdom. He talks. This is how he talks about the gospel. Now, now let's look into um, into Paul specifically and some of the other New Testament ways that he. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that um, Adele, shout out to Adele. Adele asked on, I think it's on the video that I shared, so it may not show up here. What do we do with 1 Corinthians 15 and uh, Paul's announcement there that of, of what Jesus has done? So great question. Let's jump over there because I think that's one of the uh, best Pauline descriptions of, of the gospel, right? So he's going to be succinct. He's going to be... Um, on point, not to not that I would criticize him for being off point normally, but that that is just a very succinct, beautiful picture of the gospel. Here's what it says. Uh, this is First Corinthians 15 verses one through. Let's go through four. Okay. He says, "Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received." So that this is Joshua. Back to that idea that the good news is an announcement but it has to be received. Mm. You can't just go, that's good or good advice. Nope. It's an announcement that we have to take hold of and make our own in which you stand and by which you are being saved. So the gospel has the power to save. I, I would argue that the message of the gospel is not about how to be saved, but the message of the gospel saves. Hmm. So, if our listeners want us to tease that out more, that's a good, okay. that, but let's, okay. I, I'll, I'll try to remember that because that's a great, great. He insight. says, if you, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, he says this for, I did not deliver. I didn't deliver to you as I delivered to you as of first importance. What I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12, and he goes on and on and on. But here's, here's Paul's point. What is the gospel? The gospel is that Christ has died for our sins. So he has, he has forgiven us by his shed blood. He has made us right with God. This is in accordance with the scripture. So uh, we, we would say that um, Jesus is Israel's Messiah. And by being Israel's Messiah, he's also the king of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was God's plan to bless all the nations through Israel. And in being Israel's Messiah, he's actually the cosmic king. But this mm-hmm. is in accordance with the scripture story, right? So yeah. It didn't come out of left field. This is what people had been hoping for, praying for, and prophesied about, okay? That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So we have um, life, death, the cross, burial, and resurrection are all part of the message of the gospel. I live to say, you can't tell the story of the gospel. You can't tell the message of the gospel without telling the story of Jesus. 
Ooh. Oh, and even, I mean, it, it says <laughs> accordance with the scriptures. So at some level, uh, it, it's not just a New Testament thing, um, but it's, it's, it's the New Testament thing in the context of the story of God throughout history. Yeah. And I, Josh, I would say like the passage that I just quoted was um, uh, Genesis chapter 12. I mean, that's the Abrahamic covenant, right? But I think you can go back even further than that to see the proto-euangelion as it's referred to in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, that, uh, that he will crush the serpent's head with his heel. So I, th- I think you can even see it there. Yeah. Uh, so I think one of the, one of the mistakes that, that I think we see happening is people either say, um, the, well, the message is all about the kingdom um, and not about anything else, or the message is all about the cross, right? And, and what I would say is, if, as I read the scriptures, you can't untie those two, that they are intimately tied together. The, the, the kingdom is the ultimate goal of the cross, and the yeah. cross is the means by which the kingdom comes. Hmm. So the, if, if the kingdom of light is pushing back the kingdom of darkness, how does Jesus gain ultimately gain this victory? Now, certainly he drives out demons with, uh, in, with his words when he's walking around Galilee and, in, Galilee and in Capernaum, but ultimately he gains that victory over the kingdom of darkness on the cross, that's second, or that's Colossians chapter two, verses thirteen through fifteen, and so I don't think you can un, unbind those two realities. Let me say that again. I think the kingdom is the ultimate goal of the cross. Jesus is setting sure. up his kingdom, yeah. and the cross is the means by which the kingdom comes. Mm. Oh, that's so good. You said that that you know people talk about it as the kingdom. Or the cross. Now, I also think you mentioned another way, and we've kind of brought this up, touched on it. That that you you said that that uh, we think that the gospel is the way that um, the way that we get saved, um, as if it's the 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 thing that you do somehow in order to be saved. But you made a different comment there that the gospel is. Yeah. So the gospel. Um, so uh, Paul would say in Romans chapter one, verse 16, the gospel is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. Right. Yeah. Um, but the, the gospel, the message, right. The announcement that Jesus is making is yeah. not about how to get saved. That's not the content of the message. The content of the message is Jesus is King. Mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord. If you, if you want the gospel, we can talk about Bruxy's uh, sort of paradigm yeah. here. If you want the gospel in three words, if you want the gospel in one word, the gospel in one word is Jesus. Yes. You want the gospel in three words? The gospel in three words is Jesus is Lord. That that's the that is the 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 essence in three words of the gospel. So it, it's not information about how to get saved. We are saved as we respond to the announcement and receive the announcement that Jesus is Lord. In receiving that announcement, we are forgiven, we are restored, we are made new, we are born again, we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the son whom he loves. I mean, there's all these different ways that the scriptures talk about that, but the content of the gospel is not in a, a packet about how to get saved. Yeah, it's an announcement that Jesus is Lord, and yeah. when we trust Him as Lord, we are saved. Yes, I I, I love that, and 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 I want to I want to um, kind of kind of tease that out a little bit. Um, but the the book that you were just referring to, um, Ryan, I mean, Ryan told me about this book a number of years back, and I read it. I thought this was a fabulous book. Um, it, it does talk about the gospel in one word, in three words, and then in 30 words, which I love his definition of 30 words too, but um, that's probably a, a conversation for another day. Um, so go read the book if you want to get that. Um, really powerful. But one word, Jesus. It, Jesus. The gospel is Jesus. I, I just love that. The three words, Jesus is Lord. That's exactly what we've been t- saying is that this proclamation that he is Lord. But see, here's the thing. And, and I love it, it's uh, N.T. Wright brings this out a little bit. 
he talks about how we we often think of the the, the gospel as advice, and, yeah. and it's and it oftentimes in the best advice is advice on how to accept and receive the gospel, um, which is not nothing wrong. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but just it's a great observation to point out that that advice about the gospel is not actually the gospel. Correct. That's huge. That may seem like splitting hairs to some people, um, but I can assure you it's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just, that is so important that, that it fundamentally changes the content of the announcement. Cause it makes it, it, it actually transfers the subject and the object, right? Like, so the, the announcement that Jesus is King is an announcement all about God. But when we share the gospel, it's often about what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes about me. It becomes about me getting to heaven. And, and, you know, we all know, okay, I don't know if we all know, but here's the thing. Um, Jesus doesn't really talk about how to get to heaven. Um, he, he doesn't tell us that. That's not his his main point. There's people who come and ask him, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He Jesus seems to answer another question. <laughs> he doesn't just answer him the way that he would if the gospel was a, a simple explanation of how to get to heaven. Right. Um, which is, you know, that, that may be good advice, but that's not the gospel. Yeah, and I think that's important, Josh. We're, we want to keep reminding people, we're not saying that those things aren't true. No, we're, yeah. we're just simply saying that the Bible doesn't necessarily name them as gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my uh, quick nerdy study today, let me just um, yep. uh, uh, let me read just a few categories. I tried to batch these in categories, right? Yeah. Um, so the... Um, what is the gospel about according to the Bible? The gospel is about the kingdom of God. The, the, the gospel is about salvation and in the way that we just talked about it, right? Um, in him, this is Ephesians chapter one, verses 13 and 14. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, meaning this gospel brought about your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The gospel has to do with salvation. Um, there's a ton of verses on that. The yeah. gospel is connected to both the cross and the resurrection. We yeah. have to talk about resurrection and the cross if we talk about the biblical narrative of the gospel. The yeah. gospel is in the, all throughout the New Testament, it, the gospel is said to have power have power, um, whether it's a power of bringing peace or it's a power of conviction through the Holy Spirit, the gospel has power. Yeah. The gospel, the other side of the gospel is judgment. That The Bible is really clear on that. In Romans chapter 2, verse 15, it talks about the judgment that comes uh, when we don't trust Jesus as Lord and judgment. You could picture judgment as being somebody straightening out something that's bent, right? Like judgment is, um, is realigning. So so judgment could be either retributive or restorative. Restorative judgment is realigning something or someone with reality. Mm -hmm. And depending on how far you're off, that can really hurt. That can really hurt. Yeah. Um, it might even feel like hell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, the gospel creates family. That's one thing that I, as I was studying that today, I go, Oh man, that's beautiful. Like this, this announcement makes a family, which makes sense, right? Because it's a group of people deciding to live their lives under the reality that Jesus is Lord. Well, yeah. sure. That would create a, a whole network, a whole family of people that are aligned and giving their allegiance to the same person. Yeah. The gospel is Jesus. The gospel is grace. It's all about grace. It's all God's gift to us. It's it's an announcement about what God has done, not about what we have to do. Um, and we could go on and on from there. But I, I think what I want our, our listeners to hear, Josh, is 
yeah, we've done our best to, to sort of give a, a big picture. What is the gospel? Well, Jesus says it's the kingdom of God. And here's what Paul says it is. It encompasses Jesus's whole life and it's forgiveness of our sins. But we could drill down and nuance all that out a whole lot more. Yeah. And, 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 and ultimately, though, uh, it, it does it does imply um, something uh, for each one of us um, yeah. that that you and I. Um, and every every day, every every person um, really has a choice. A choice to make is is who's going to be your king. Um, are, are you going to are you going to give your allegiance to the one true king? Um, which is a a powerful thing. I, I've often thought that it's a uh, you know we don't quite understand fully grasp um, what that's like to make this proclamation about a kingdom uh, because here we are we live in a in a democracy where you're allowed to say things like that. Right, where it, it you know, it, it we can kind of separate those two worlds even, where our, our spiritual world and the the physical temporal world here, political world here, um, whereas in in Jesus's proclamation is so much more than that. That yeah. it is living, um, acting, not just believing, under the reign and rule of King Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, amen to that. Amen. So that's 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 our call. That that's that's in a sense gospeling, right? <laughs> living yeah. this out, um, living the gospel message, and then um, sharing the message of of the King uh, wherever we go. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. I, I think so. Let's. Uh, we we just we, we're almost out of time, Josh, but. Um, let's take a stab at sharing the gospel according to the Bible. What it, what what would that look like? The gospel. So I think if we were to say to somebody who's not yet a follower of Jesus, like what what is the gospel? Will, will you will you explain it to me? You know, I think we'd have to start at the very beginning to say that God created and He created out of love, and that humanity has turned their back on God. We call that sin, but we've decided not to live in his way, not, mm-hmm. not to receive life from him. And that's fractured all of creation, our mm-hmm. lives included. But God loved us so much that he was unwilling to leave us in that mess. And so he has come to us in the person of Jesus. He came and he lived and he died. And in dying for us, he provided a way for our sins to be forgiven, our humanity to be restored, and our lives to go on for all of eternity. And he set up his kingdom right now in this world. And he is inviting you to receive him as your Lord, because you have a Lord of your life. You have something that you're looking to for meaning, something that you're looking to for security, something that you're looking to for safety. And Jesus is saying, I want you to look to me for all of those things to find life right here and now and life eternal. And when you declare me as Lord, the next step is to start to learn to live in my way with my heart and to become We call that repentance, turning from the way that we used to think and the way that we used to walk and walking in a definitively different way because we have a different king. Mm. That's the way that I would describe and try to share the gospel with somebody because I want to get this down to like something like that's not uber practical, but what would a good gospel presentation look like? I I think what would you add to that? Oh my goodness! Um, you know, I, th- I think you, I think you nailed it. I think that there's. Uh, I think that that we may have to. Once this is over, you may have to go back and re- and, and rewind and listen to that, everybody. Um, and especially if you're out there today and you're you're you know you're still you're still not sure about this gospel thing. Would you just go back and listen? Because I think that's the that's the key. Um, that 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 Jesus wants you to give you. Um, to, to find all of your longings in him. Um, the thing I like to point out is it's not just because he, he wants, you know, he wants the attention. It's mm-hmm. because he knows what's best. He mm-hmm. knows how to live. That's back to the very beginning. He knows what life is supposed to look like. He knows that we're not supposed to live in this, this, 
this partial life that is so ingrained with sin. We, we know we have these problems. And so he, 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 he wants to give us abundant life. That's that's what he wants. He doesn't he doesn't want uh, you know he doesn't want you to be a part of religion. He doesn't want you to be a part of you know all those things. Is not about that. It's, he wants to give you life. Yeah, yeah. And so this is brings us to uh, it was such a, a great point to to end on. Um, once again, this is all about living the life, the life that God wants us to live. And now. God, and forever, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, it starts right now. Getting like, that. Beautiful thing. It, the eternal life is the kind of life that, you, that lasts forever and the kind of life that you'd want to last forever. Yes. It's in quality and duration. Ah, it's and that's the invitation to re, when we re, in receiving Jesus as Lord. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, this is, uh, it, it sounds like a lot. Um, and, and, and in some ways, I mean, this is, this is huge. It's life-changing. It's massive. Um, and yet, this is, this is our, our call, is to, is to share this. Um, and I think, and God, I know, God wants to, us to share it because he sees so many people hurting, so many people living a life that is not what... God designed them to live, and uh, and that's what we want. And that's what this whole podcast is about. Is about about learning how to how to the study of life, how to live life well. I know that's what God wants for you out there, and uh, and so we we pray that you would uh, you you would submit your allegiance to 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 Jesus as King, um, and in so doing that, you'd live the gospel. That you'd experience experience the salvation that comes through that message of the gospel. Oh, I love that. Love that. So good. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, Ryan, what a, what a great time. This is, uh, Gosh, that was fun, Josh, really fun. And and I do think there's so much more to talk about this. Um, so many passages that we didn't get to, to touch on. Um, but, uh, this is wonderful. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being here. Uh, may God bless you and keep you. And I, I love this. May, may God, may he shine his face upon you. Mm -hmm. peace. Right. Amen. 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 God bless, God bless you guys.